doctor okay. two years ago. Cool. I was marketer number two, working with Youssef, who was the head of marketing at the time. We Welcome to the Marketing Unpodcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Jeffrey and Uriel from HubDoc. We're in their lovely HubDoc office with big white windows. And today we're going to be talking about RevOps, product marketing, product-led growth to a certain degree, and uh, anything else that comes up in the discussion. So to start, I'd love to get a brief, very brief background on both of you and what you did before, how you got here, and what you do at HubDoc right now. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Camille. My name is Jeffrey. I'm the Director of Marketing at HubDoc. I've been here for the last two years. Uh, and previous to that, I, I held uh, product marketing roles for a few technology companies in Montreal as well as Toronto. Yeah, and that's me. <laughs> Super quick. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Camille. Uh, Uriel, so my role currently is Director of Revenue Operations here at HubDoc. I joined HubDoc probably about four months after, after Jeff, four or five months. Previous to that, I did some engineering and management consulting work in my time here at HubDoc, kind of evolved through some marketing functions into this revenue operations role from uh, marketing operations to demand gen to uh, leading this revenue, this new revenue operations function. So I'm going to kick things off there in terms of uh, how marketing operations became revenue ops and what revenue ops is in this context. And it's been picking up recently. Like yeah. A lot of people are talking about revenue operations and how you know it's the next whatever or business ops. And mm -hmm. just like, I'd love to get your take on that. Sure. Can I actually, do you think it would be beneficial if I kind of give a high level overview of what HubDoc is and how we came to a place yeah. where marketing operations evolved into RevOps? Because there was a time when HubDoc didn't even have marketing operations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give a brief shout out to Yusuf here because uh, he's the guy who brought us all together. So I did some brief work with HubDoc last year, and I'm currently also doing some work with them. And Yusuf has a company now called Relay Financial. Correct. That's SMB Banking. So check it out. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, HubDoc is a cloud accounting application that helps uh, accountants and bookkeepers more easily get access to their small business clients' financial documents like bills, receipts, invoices, statements, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. The product really went to market in 2014. And at the time, I think it was a relatively small team, about 10 people, which Yusuf was a part of. It had, had grown incrementally year over year until they really hit product market fit and scaled growth at an incredibly rapid rate. Uh, I started at HubDoc about two years ago. I was marketer number two, working with Yousef, who was the head of marketing at the time. And we were about 22 employees. And since then, we've grown to a little bit over 100 employees. Uh, we have offices in the United Kingdom, as well as Australia. And we've most recently gone to market in New Zealand. This July, we were acquired by Zero. Last July. Last July? Yes. This Not past this, this past July, July. last July. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people it's a secret. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, last July, we were acquired by Zero, which is uh, an amazing cloud accounting platform based out of New Zealand, but uh, with a ton of global presence for about $70 million USD. And since then, Uriel and I have been working to integrate HubDoc as part of Zero, while continuing to provide our customers with the amazing experiences they know and that they've come to expect. So that's kind of the, yep. the background. And then just as a high-level overview, from the beginning, because we had the benefit of product market fit, we were very much like a, a product-led 
growth I'll, organization. I want to jump off two points on there. Yeah, sure. One is there's been a conversation around how do you measure product market fit? Is it like a gate? Is it like a milestone? You're like, okay, it's a binary number. You don't have product market fit and boom, you have product market fit. Or is it like in your experiences, combined experiences, is it more like a continuous journey towards it's a scale? It's not really, you know, you one day you have no product market fit and next day you have product market fit. Or is it more like, and how do you actually, how do, in the case of HubDoc, how do you, how did you say we have product market fit at a certain point? Was it like, you hit a certain number of customers or revenue or... Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I'm sure Jeff can kind of go a little deeper into this. From my perspective, it's definitely not binary. I think there's one day when you wake up and realize that you've hit it. Yeah. But it, you didn't just hit it that day. Uh, it was kind of a slow, potentially a, a slow burn to get there. And then and then kind of you realize that you're in it. And I think there's, there's a couple things. One is it's quantitative and qualitative. So I think at HubDoc, we've had the product has resonated incredibly well with the market that we're going mm-hmm. after, which was the big pivot in 2014, was it was not focused on the accounting and bookkeeping channel until then. What uh, was it focused on before that? It was focused on SMBs and- Right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. got it. And so all the qualitative feedback was this is a huge pain point that it's yep. meeting and it's, it's kind of changing lives. That's kind of from a qualitative perspective. And from a quantitative perspective, when you start seeing the growth metrics and not necessarily growth metrics that don't necessarily align with increased spend or anything like that, right? You're yep. much organic growth at a certain at a certain right, rate. Right, I think right. that's okay, when that's you good, start. That's a good point. Because yeah. obviously you can pay for more users, you know, through amazing go to yep. market. And then you can also get them to just do product market fit. Yeah, uh, HubDoc was a combination, but you really saw the acceleration start to come bridging through the product market fit. And you started seeing more word of mouth or organic acquisition, and that's when okay, yeah. And like, I completely agree with you, Ariel. What I would what I would like to add is, you know, we had the benefit of coming into the organization once all of that was already figured out. <laughs> so actually, we caused the product market. <laughs> Happened sometime in twenty seventeen. <laughs> Yeah, so, so we we had the benefit of coming into an organization that, you know, had those qualitative proof points as well as those quantitative metrics to be able to validate the fact yep. that it existed. And our roles coming into HubDoc and working with Youssef, who Youssef was was there during kind of like, we need to figure this the out. Early stage. Stage. Yeah. Uh, when we were He's pro- actually the person responsible for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, uh, and the wonderful us, team yes. of, you know, Jamie McDonald and Jamie Schulman, yep. who are uh, co-founders and co-CEOs of the organization and you have like there's a ton yeah, yeah. there's a ton of people the two days Phil Zalewski <laughs> I'm just gonna like go up Matt the Matt yes I'm about to say Nick Plotsky not just shout outs but Ariel and I came into the organization and you know our, our role was to really take our go-to-market efforts to the next level working mm-hmm. directly with Youssef and at the time what was really interesting is that from like a, a lead acquisition perspective, we were 100% marketing driven. So yep. we did like no outbound sales whatsoever. Yep. And then kind of we developed a sales organization after we joined the organization. Right. Most operations came from marketing because the top of the funnel was being yelled by marketing and we needed to find a way to filter leads through to the sales team. So kind of that's how the marketing operations role at HubDoc was born. And then, you know, it's natural evolution into revenue operations. Uh, So that's kind of the the background context. I'll let Ariel jump in and talk about how we went from marketing ops to revenue ops. 
Yeah, I think the key thing that Jeff hit on was that although, so I, I had never done, never worked in marketing or in sales beforehand. Uh, so I didn't really have much context or background on what, on what marketing operations necessarily was. Uh, looking back at it now, the role was not really marketing operations. It was marketing and sales operations because, as Jeff said, uh, we are a very marketing-driven organization. Right. So, you know, when we talk about the, the metrics that marketing cared about, they weren't just marketing metrics. Yep. They were revenue metrics. They were sales metrics in terms of, like, demos and it kind of right, it was right. the entire funnel. So we were yep. always um, looking at that, which kind of... So was marketing measured on demos? It wasn't just, like... Leads, it was all the way down the downstream to demos and eventually close run revenue or whatever that. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of like we were already doing it. Uh, we were just doing it within the marketing function. Right. Yeah. We were having revenue operations. And so um, as we kind of started to scale and scale up the operations function and started to have a more mature sales team and more mature customer success team, right? yeah. with, again, marketing being the one that, that first led the way. We saw we, we saw the need to have a team that kind of sits outside of that and can support all of them and take a holistic viewpoint yeah. and make sure that there is alignment between the functions. And HubDoc has done a great job with even without the revenue operations function, just in general of creating alignment among um, uh, alignment for the customer team. You know, yeah. those weekly meetings, everyone's everything's always talking about the company, not one specific organization. Yeah. But having the function sit outside is just kind of another check and balance that makes sure right. that, that happens, and yeah. that you can build an operation and a tech stack that works for the entire company, not for one specific. Right. Company. So you're like an internal agency in the sense that you're not tied to marketing or sales, but you're like sort of sitting outside, and they become your clients. So exactly. you're building for them solutions and stuff. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on is uh, the acquisition because. I've personally never been through an acquisition, but a lot of my friends have, and acquisitions tend to be ugly because people tend to lose their jobs. Or so I want to just like, it was a good acquisition. It wasn't like everybody's still here, companies integrating well, you guys got to, you know, get some net upside in that. So it was, it was overall good. And so far, it's like now you're in that phase where you're integrating the two companies together. Absolutely. Like, for all intents and purposes, it was a wonderful acquisition. You know, not without its challenges, as as you can imagine, integrating a hundred team organization into a three thousand team yep. organization is going to come with its challenges. But Zero and HubDoc have tremendous alignment in two key areas. First and foremost, it's customer focus. Yep. So both organizations are laser focused on providing value to customers. Mm-hmm. Ariel made mention that before the revenue operations team, there was good alignment across sales, marketing, success, products, so on and so forth. And the reason we had that alignment is because we were all working towards the same goal and provide great customer experiences. Zero is, you know, in lockstep with us on on that viewpoint and on that approach. So that's great. And then the other thing is, from a team perspective, you know, like we're biased looking at HubDoc. We think that we have a wonderful team, which is what allowed us to grow to where we are today. And I think that's because we sat you know, a set of core values early on that pretty much like the founding team lived by those values and extended through to everybody that they hired from then until now. Zero has a wonderful team and it's it's kind of like every time that we get together, HubDoc and Zero, we just recently did our our company kickoff in Denver and it's kind of like... Yearly kickoff. Yeah, the yearly kickoff. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're the same team. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, it's pretty much the same. It's really crazy. Same people. Yeah, like you're yeah. really, you don't expect to have that much alignment with another company yeah. for your cultures to be so similar. Yeah. And from Zero's perspective, you know, they didn't just acquire a product. They they acquired a team. Uh, they're yeah. going to invest tremendously in Toronto because, you know, they, they, they see the value and the quality of talent. 
from within this ecosystem. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a great acquisition. Really, I think our challenge from the go to market side is how do we get HubDoc into the hands of every zero customer right. around the world? Yeah. And, you know, we're working through those challenges today because we know that HubDoc and Zero as an example, which yeah. is, you know, the impetus uh, to the acquisition, HubDoc and Zero are better together. Yeah. So getting HubDoc into the hands of Zero and then, you know, increase ARPU, increase yeah. uh, net promoter score, yeah. so on and so forth. That's kind of what we're working on at the moment. But yeah, really positive acquisition early on. I don't know if you have anything you want to add. No, I mean, I think you hit the main things, which are, it was insane cultural and people alignment. Um, the other thing I would add is, is our kind of strengths and weaknesses balance each other out really well. Um, if you look at it just kind of from even like a geography perspective, they uh, originate in New Zealand and are incredibly strong in New Zealand, incredibly strong yep. in Australia, have a very strong presence uh, in the UK. Those are all newer regions for us where we right. are kind of yep. the, the upstart. Yep. Uh, North America is where we are more of more of a leader and that's where they were the upstart. So it's... it's you give um, each other a home base to sort of... Exactly. I mean, Zero has a huge team uh, in Americas as well, but it's kind of that 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 market presence yep. that we can kind of combine, um, and it really allows us to make sure that there's not it's not this environment where we have all the exact same customers in every single region, and we're just having redundancy. We're really kind of balancing them out, and the same thing kind of goes for some of the core competencies and skill sets yep. that really um, are the are kind of the strongest aspects of the organizations. Yep. Yep. So really, yeah, I agree. Yin and Yang. I wish I would have provided the context earlier on because I think it would have set the stage for everything that we've said about the acquisition thus far. But really important to note, and, and if you're not familiar with HubDoc and not familiar with Zero, it would be impossible for you to know. But Zero and HubDoc started off as partners. So HubDoc's product integrates with Zero yep. and flows yes. <laughs> data into Zero. We didn't start off as a competitor, so on yep. and so yep. forth. So selling we, to the same customers. We're selling to the same customers and we're selling kind of a joint solution. Yeah, focus um, on the same pain points and Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know that that also helps with the acquisition. It's not like they're requiring a competitor yep. so on yep. and so forth. And together build a more integrated solution because you can get your documents in and push them to zero and for bookkeeping and all that stuff. So it just made a ton of sense from that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's ever done bookkeeping, they'll understand this. And if not, uh, tell your bookkeeper to use HubDoc and Zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know, even know what bookkeeping was until I worked with HubDoc. So there you go. <laughs> So one thing I want to touch upon is, uh, so you guys do have a sales team right now, but uh, you're still like, so HubDoc is not an enterprise product. You're selling to like in individuals or small firms or large firms, but you're not really selling a thousand, ten thousand dollars a month or a year contract. It's more like 10, 20 a month, I would say, or something around that line. Yeah, our retail price is 20 USD a month. Yeah. Yeah. So... Being a marketing-driven organization, <clears throat> why didn't you pursue the, let's just get people into the product and let them figure this out through some onboarding flows or whatever, and like, why have that gate, quote-unquote, where they have to go through sales to buy the product? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you made a really great point. It's not really an enterprise play. We sell a product that is incredibly well-suited towards small businesses to help them do their bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. But the way that we get access to those small businesses is that we sell through the accounting and bookkeeping channel. So we work with accounting and bookkeeping practices right. to get access to their 10s, 20s, got 30s, it, 40s, it. 50s. Yep small business clients. So because of that, although um, the ARPU from a direct SMB perspective is $20 yep. USD a month, 
you can imagine working with an accounting practice that has 100 small business clients. Right, that adds up to exactly. significant numbers. Yep. So where the sales organization really comes into play is, you know, as a marketing team, not only are we trying to generate demand at the top of the funnel, but we're trying to educate customers as best as possible as to why the product can add value to their practice and to their small business clients, but also how to use the product. Right. The reality of the situation is, though, that from a product perspective, there still needs to be some level of human interaction so that people can understand right. how to use it and get the most It's value a really technical it. product. Like, it's not exactly. a consumer app that they can go in and tap, tap, tap. Exactly. Yeah. So so most of the leads that we're bringing in are of accounting and bookkeeping practices that are motivated to get started on HubDoc. The sales organization is really there to reinforce the value proposition, right. but also to help them get set up and get started. So it's more like uh, they're like success slash onboarding specialists rather than doing the hard sale, they're more so helping them get the most out of the product. Yeah, it's, it's like we've we've never been a hard sell type of organization. And yeah. again, that's because we're we're the benefactors of product market fit. Yeah. Like having a product that actually solves a customer pain point. So our sales organization is really helping customers get started at the really early stages of their relationship with HubDoc. Yeah. And then we do have a customer success team that works with those same partners kind of like on an, on an ongoing yeah. basis. That's more of an extensive relationship versus <laughs> sales is getting helping you get started and then customer success takes over and they're like, this is, you know, here's how you get additional value or ongoing value out of the product. Exactly. So it's like a really long way to answer the question. We do have a, a sales team today, but sales, marketing, and success, as Ariel mentioned earlier, try to work in lockstep together yep. to provide. It's, it's all really about providing the best possible customer experience. Yep. Yep. Uh, that we've identified that this is the process and these are the teams that are necessary to be able to accomplish that at yep. this particular point in time. Yeah. 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 And the only other thing is that, I mean, it is a very consultative process and it's not just on the software side, but also many bookkeepers and accountants can have kind of very different uh, workflows and how they work. And yeah. so it's, and you know, the, the, the product can be used in many different ways to right, fit right, into right. that workflow. And so a lot of what our sales team and customer success teams also work with is trying to say for this specific, for the workflow that you have for these type of clients, how can we make the software work best got for you? It, got it, got and it. What should, how will it integrate into that process? That's interesting. Just so working yeah. with them on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you're not really, you're not really selling, selling them. You're more, more so like helping them, like process and onboarding and clients and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the product market fit kind of yeah almost allows it. To, the, the need for a tool like this almost sells itself. Yeah. And so there is some education in the industry as a whole, right? Like cloud right. penetration, especially in North America from accounting software is still in its very early stages. So there is still kind of the um, even jealous part of it where it's like trying to evangelize part of it, pardon me. So trying to kind of explain the merits of cloud accounting and the benefits that it provides to your practice. So there is part of that, which is also uh, stuff that HubDoc Marketing has done. Yeah. Although as the market starts to mature, our messaging also right, starts right, to mature right. with it. Sorry to mention the CRM in the early days with Salesforce being the first cloud CRM. And I'm guessing accountants currently use like desktop software or something. And Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Like 30 years ago, uh, the accounting industry transitioned away from like paper ledgers to desktop applications. 30 years so, later, they're transitioning right, from, from desktop, desktop applications to the yeah. cloud. Yeah. And this is kind of like a shift that's happening throughout the industry, which is really fantastic. And not only do we have product market fit, in large part because of this shift, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, we're riding this wave 
and we're writing this kind of this narrative that's that's being told by Intuit, who is you know the incumbent in North America and spending millions of and millions of dollars on on kind of the value of yep. cloud accounting and the same thing for zero in North America and more broadly in the United Kingdom. So you guys are not really creating a new category because there's there's market leaders in the accounting space itself that are like doing that. We're supplementing. You're supplementing. Yeah. It. yeah. Got it. Got exactly. It. Yeah. Interesting. So I want to switch gears a little bit to uh, talk about a little bit about product marketing because it's been sort of an interesting topic because a lot of people either don't understand what it is, uh, have a hard time hiring for it, have a hard time wrapping their head around it. And there's uh, a lot of people think uh, product marketing is purely sales enablement. <laughs> and and we've had this conversation before. So because you've been doing product marketing for HubDoc and like other places, I'd love to just like get your definition, not a definition, but just like, you know, what your take on product marketing is and why is it so hard to put it into a box? Yeah, I think at a high level and, and like I'll try to I'll try to articulate this in a few sentences. Um, what product marketing is meant to do is it's meant to translate customer market product competitive understanding mm-hmm into a clear, defensible product position in the market. Got it. Yeah. Clear, defensible, meaning kind of like a really great position, like like where do you live amongst your competition? Yep. You know, how, sh- how should you price your product within yep. the market? Like, like yep. where, where do customers see you in relation What's to everything else? What's the value of your product compared to other people? Yeah, absolutely. So, so like you, you, effectively all the components of product marketing, like positioning, pricing, yep. packaging, yep. promotion, all the piece. Yeah, <laughs> all the piece. <laughs> like lots of piece. Exactly. So at a high level, like that's what it's really about. And I'd even, I'd even say like I would lean way more on the customer under, and product understanding yep. over anything else because it really helps inform absolutely everything that you do from a product marketing perspective. Once you create that clear defensible position, you need to run marketing campaigns to get customers to understand it. And you need to enable your internal teams to be able to communicate the value externally. So if like all you're focused on product marketing is like, I have a product management team, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing new features to market. I have a sales team and I'm going to use product marketing as that group yep. to just inform my sales organization. If you look at kind of like how we describe product marketing, it's only one small one component of it. It's, yep. it's kind of an output of yep. all of the foundational work right. that you're doing yep. to create that position. Would you even say that product marketing should be one of your first marketing hires or like should be the first? Because I get a feeling that it's a lot of customer research, positioning, and that's sort of lays the foundation for everything that comes after yeah, I think it depends on the scale of the organization. Early days, I think product marketing should live, well, obviously with your founders because your founders are in effect your yep. product managers. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then kind of the next evolution would be, you know, your product management team yep. and then eventually bring in a product, product marketer Got it. to yeah. own it and, and to work in collaboration with the product mm-hmm. management team. Like the relationship between product uh, marketing and product management is is interesting. Like just picture a Venn diagram yep. and they come together in the middle on customer understanding. Yep. The product management team is meant to use that customer understanding to build products that solves problem for the customers. Yep. And then the product marketing team is meant to use that same customer understanding, not only to influence the yep. roadmap, but also to help market it, right? Yep. To be able yep. to clearly position the value yep. to your target audiences. Yeah, yeah, yep. perfect. So, like, I know that that is incredibly high level, and like, I can get into the tactics. 
if you'd like me to, but that's kind of how I see product marketing. The challenge is that when people are hiring for product marketing, they focus more so on the tactics. Like, yeah. I need somebody that is going to build sales presentations for yeah. me. I need somebody that's going to, you know, help me build a product page on the market. Right, right. I need, you know, like really focus on the on the tactical, whereas like the primary value that you'll get out of a, a really good product marketer is somebody that helps define the strategy and then go off and execute then against it. creates those outputs. Exactly. But it sounds like the people who'd be looking, who are focusing on the tactics are the people who are basically saying, I'm going to leave product management to figure out with it. I'm going to leave customer understanding completely to product management. Right. And I'm not going to own any of it there. And it's, it depends on the organization and the organizations where customer understanding can actually live and the relationship between those two organizations and the trust between those two organizations to be able to contribute to a joint understanding. A hundred percent. You know, like... What's interesting, from what I've seen, like when I meet product marketers, you can really tell the difference between a good and a great product yep. marketer through kind of just like one characteristic. And I'm being hyperbolic here, yep. obviously, but that characteristic is like, do they talk to customers? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How often do they talk to customers? Yes. Um, you'd be surprised by how many product marketers who get their customer information and their customer data through the sales organization or through the support organization or or through the product organization versus the amount of product marketers who have direct relationships with customers yep. and, and talk to them on a regular basis. Right, yeah, yeah. And that kind of like, that to me is the difference between a good and a great product marketer. So that's really good, yeah. Really roundabout way to answer your question, but what I will say, the reason why it's hard to hire for it is because you have certain individuals who are incredible at the tactics, but not as great on the foundation, yeah, right? On the foundation, yeah. Um, and then also like, as an organization, when you're looking for a product marketer, you need to make the decision as to what you're looking for. Are right. you looking for something? I think the same like... case could be made for any marketing web ops, like marketing ops, demand generation, any role in marketing. It's like you either, you know, you're creating all this, you're like, go do SEO, but without understanding, is SEO the right channel for you even? Yeah. So like similar, yeah. similar thing in that. Yeah. Uh, like a hundred percent. I think you can extract a tremendous amount of value from a really great product marketer at like most stages of an organization, you just need to you just need to define kind of like what your needs are, yeah. and you need to look for people that can that can service those needs. Like yeah. right mix of qualitative and quantitative yeah. thinking, a tremendous amount of customer empathy, yeah. and an ability to tell really great stories. Yeah, yeah. Not only for customers but also for internal teams. And if you have like those components, you can you can train the rest. Yeah. I want to jump in here because you worked at you you worked at in demand gen Correct. for a bit. Yeah. How did you interface with Jeffrey? Who was doing product marketing at the time because that probably like gave people an idea of how the two roles sort of work hand in hand. Yeah. So uh, especially for someone kind of like me who was a little bit newer to the organization um, and newer to marketing in general, I really leaned on Jeff for that two things: one, that customer understanding, mm -hmm. and the I guess it's kind of the marrying of of content to yeah channel and target audience, right? Yep. And it's kind of, it, it was this thing where, where at the beginning, you know, when I first started, it was more heavily focused on instrumentation yep. and actually tactics. Yep. And then, and relying a lot on Jeff to provide that, I guess, kind of direction yep. because of that. And then starting to develop that understanding and knowledge myself. And then it's more relying on Jeff for, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, this is we're, this is a weak point in the funnel. This is where we're struggling. Where this is kind of right, a gap in in lead gen or revenue that we're trying to that we're trying to close. You know, these are the type of people that are going out. I was thinking something like this. Like, what do you think? Right. Is this the right way to position it? And it's kind yeah. of going to Jeff for that. Is it the that, right messaging? positioning messaging? Yeah. 
um, and really supporting that in that point. And, and from a segmentation standpoint yeah. and understanding, you know, what is the what are the types of messages that are resonate with each individual segment? I think that was important. Early yeah, on sure. Because there were times where we thought that we were we were getting the regen engine <laughs> yeah. going, but we were bringing in not necessarily our, our, our ICP yeah. as you call it, ideal customer profile. So figuring out like how to refine those tactics, like right. how, like how do we build campaigns to target the right audiences? Yeah. What are the messages that we need to put forward? And I guess it's it's it's, it's marrying the quantitative with the qualitative, mm-hmm. where I think both sides, both on product marketing and managing, you have both of those sides. Yeah. But product marketing has more of that qualitative. Yeah. And yeah. the managing sure. have more of that quantitative. Yeah. And it's making sure that you're. That you're not just looking purely at the data, but you're using, you're making sure that you're slicing and dicing the data in the right way, and that's driven by the customer understanding. Yeah. And so, I mean, we worked incredibly closely, like kind of times in a room, being like, what are they using? How can we potentially segment this properly? Like, what are our customers using? For? Right. What do we think? What do we think? Where was the market moving? Stuff like that. Right, right, right. Interesting. I think we should wrap up. Do you guys want to give shout outs? Anything else you want to add? I think this format is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the, uh, like if people think that this is scripted and we're just saying that it's not, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not actually, this is actually our fourth time recording this and every time we have a different conversation. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fourth time because the file was corrupted on the yes. first three. <laughs> Damn you, Apple. <laughs> uh, but no, shout out to you, Camille. I think, I think, I know, just providing value. To... <laughs> no, but, but you, yeah, you, know, you took your time to, to do your best to provide value to, to members of this community, which I think is incredibly commendable and, you know, very much appreciate it as somebody that listens to your podcast and very much appreciate being part of one of your podcasts. Thank you. And yeah. Hubdoc is hiring. I'm right. Hubdoc is always hiring. So if you want to check that out, go to Hubdoc. And sorry, I cut you off before. Go ahead. Uh, well, you, I was just going to compliment you. Oh, okay. No more compliments. No, I was, okay. I was, I was going to kind of add that, that um, you know, when I started in demand gen, it was when you were kind of oh, yeah, here yeah. and uh, learned like a ton from you. And, and because times. of that, I love, I love as well kind of listening to the content that you put out just because just I know that you're always kind of keeping up things and on the forefront. I'm glad you're here. The only time I get really excited is I think there was one time when you post something where I was like, I knew that already. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Finally had a Camilla on one thing. Um, so, uh, no. Yeah, uh, we had some good things. It's kind of awesome. We had some yeah. good things. I think the last thing to add is, you know, like the unscripted nature of this podcast is fantastic because the conversation is incredibly organic. So even though, like, you know, we could have gone far deeper into the tactics, but but might not have because of the flow of conversation. Yeah. That's fine. What I want to say is, like, if you do want to jump in and talk about, you know, the tactical elements of product marketing or the tactical elements. Of- I do want to have a follow-up episode where we talk more deep into uh, product marketing and RevOps. And, like, if you guys are open to that, yeah, sure, it'd be great. Yeah. Tech stacks and data. And maybe we can do it separately so that I can actually get a word. <laughs> <laughs> but, er, like, yeah. er, I don't want to speak for you, but, like, Earl and I, you already are. <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but I'm not. Do it. Um, you know, like we're we're still learning. We don't presume to know much, yep. really. Yeah. We just like to talk about our experiences. And if you want to have a conversation with us about product marketing or revenue operations, feel free to reach out directly. My email is Jeff, spelled G E O F F, at hubdoc, H U B 
doc.com and Uriel's email is U-R-I-E-L so Uriel uh, at hubdoc.com as well yeah so so reach out happy to happy to chat and happy to go deeper into the tactics if uh, if you'd like as well so yeah awesome and I'll link you guys like I'll link your LinkedIn or something in the show notes so people can find you there too okay great that's awesome awesome thank you thank you and thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time thank you